Brothers and sisters of the barbecue world, Cowboy Kev here welcoming you to another episode of Man Meat Barbecue with your host, Mikey K. Man Meat Barbecue is proudly sponsored by Fire and Smoke Barbecue. If you're looking for a new seasoning, head over to fireandsmokebbq.com. We ship nationwide or pick up a catering menu for those of you in the Chicago area. Also brought to you by Myron Mixon Smokers. If you're a caterer competition or just a backyard cooker, we have the smoker for you. Go check them out at MyronMixonSmokers.com. And now, here is your host, Mikey K. What's up, guys? So if you remember um, about a year ago, maybe a little bit over a year ago, um, we chatted with Ruben from Meat Curator. Um, if you don't follow him on Instagram, go go there. Go on Instagram. Uh, it's You also have a website, obviously, which is meatcurator.com. Um, the man has 425,000 followers on Instagram. He posts some amazing, amazing cuts of meat. He is over in Israel, so it's awesome to be able to chat with somebody half across the world, right? Um, the internet's a beautiful thing. Man, what have you been up to the last year? Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> last, last year was, was an incredible year for me. I've been doing a lot of cooking, uh, a lot of content, uh, meeting a lot of people, uh, traveling. Uh, it's been a crazy year for me. It's been an amazing year, um, honestly. Yeah, it looks like you've been busy. Now, yeah. have, you, have you added any cookers to your lineup? Um, like grills? Yeah. Anything? Oh, of course, of course, of course. Do you have a new favorite? So, Do you? Because, because let's let's be honest, we all kind of go through that thing where we add a new, kind of add a new new one to the to the list, and then we're like, okay, I'm gonna cook on this one for a while. <laughs> so basically, you know, it's like a new toy when you get a new yep. grill and you try it out, and and you're all excited. Um, but at the end of the day, because uh, we're, we all try to cook uh, as evenly as possible every meal, so we're used to cooking with our uh, standard equipment, as I say, or, or our everyday equipment. So it's nice uh, here and there to tweak up uh, a recipe with one of the toys, like uh, a grill that fires up uh, 800 Celsius from the top or, uh, or, or a very hot uh, um, um, brick pizza oven uh, but at the end of the day i would go to my uh, day-to-day smoker and my day-to-day grill for for my steaks or for my ribs or for my brisket because i don't want to ruin a 20-hour brisket uh, playing along with a new toy unless i'm confident i'm gonna get uh, on par or better results isn't that isn't that so true we have this this weirdness where it's like okay cool you know what i really like playing with this new toy but you know what? That one over there, I know exactly what's going to give me. It is going to give me results that are phenomenal. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna mess with it. Let's just let's stick with that one. I I'm not gonna lie because I I did used to be a uh, like a only wood and charcoal person on grills, and when I got my uh, broken grass gas grill. I, I was sure I was going to play around with it, but I ended up using it a lot. It's very convenient uh, to come and, and quickly fire up something without uh, needing to go and shower every time. I do I do work it out, like combining everything, but I, I did change a bit of my behavior. Um, but at, at the end of the day, um, we also look for convenience and the ability to do more um, and do it better every time. So if we get something that gives us better results, I, I will go with it. I, I will change some of my style. But if it's something that uh, just looks good but uh, is not uh, is not gonna go, not, not gonna get me better food uh, results, then I'm probably gonna uh, just try it out and and say thank you. Now, now I've seen I see that you have you've been messing around with the loof lighter. Um, you endorse them a little bit. I am a big fan of the loof lighter. Um, I think it is a fantastic, uh, ignition system. I'll use, I'll use that word, um, for, for, uh, Kamado style cookers, um, water cookers, almost any, anything you need to really start a fire with. As long as you got power next to you, you can use, you can use that beautiful, um, 
Blue Fighter. Now, I want to hear some of your opinions. What what kind of got you hooked on it? What made you start loving that Blue Fighter? So, remember I was telling you about the smoke, the smoke smell? Yeah. So, the number one uh, uh, smell that I get from lighting up uh, a grill used to be putting some paper uh, underneath the uh, the torch, not, not the, uh, the chimney, yeah. and lighting that up. And that paper with the chemicals, that would be like the worst smell that I, w- I would get. I, I, it would stick onto you, and, and, and it would actually ruin, ruin, ruin your... For me, it would ruin a lot of my cooking taste. And when I got uh, the Luflighter, um, all of that went away because I was able to light directly without yep. any paper. And, and all of a sudden, there's no more chemical burn smell. And uh, the best of all, under a minute, I don't need to move my coal from one, one place to, a, to another and risk spilling the coals or, or getting uh, uh, burned from that because that's a very critical moment when the coals are, are, are burning inside the chimney. And for me, actually, the biggest advantage was lighting logs inside my brick oven. I have a very large pizza uh, brick oven. And the logs, uh, because of all the drafts, I, I live up uh, in the 15th floor, and yep. I have a, a, lot, a lot of wind uh, drafts and gusts from different directions. And uh, at the end of the day, it, it, it would be a mess to light it. And uh, the loof lighter, because it would pump in um, um, the air and, and light up the, um, the wood, then and and push the smoke out directly to to the chimney and and not kill the the fire. I would be able to to light uh, the fire actually a lot faster, and without again without all the newspapers or or all the combinations to light it. Um, so for me it was a game changer. I really love that. Uh, I use it all the time. It's a very small appliance, and actually pretty soon uh, I saw a prototype that uh, it's going to be on batteries. So you're not going to need to to have power anymore. I, I mean, I feel like a lot of stuff is changing to that. Um, it, it's going to that, to that rechargeable battery uh, format because so many people want to be more mobile. They want to, um, they want to be able to, I mean, take it with them. You know what I mean? That, you know, the comforts of home, Especially if you, if you take your barbecue or you take, you take your cooker anywhere else, sometimes you don't have power right next to you. Sometimes you can't access that, right? So you want to be able to take those comforts because you're used to you used to lighting with that loop lighter. Or you're used to lighting with whatever. So it just it makes sense for them to go to that battery powered unit. I mean, batteries are getting better and better by the day. So I don't see why they wouldn't be able to make one where. It gets maybe maybe it gets 20, 20 ignitions out of it, right? I mean, I would say that's, that's a lot. Yeah, I that's mean, a lot. I mean, that's a decent amount. Maybe maybe less. Maybe it gets ten, and then you recharge the battery. But that's no, still not that it's, bad. It's not. I, I I would sell for for a couple of lights, but I, I from what I've seen, it can do a lot more. Um, <laughs> you hear like I would settle for like five lights. It's fine. <laughs> no, I I was in a conference and I saw the actual lighter. It's pretty cool. I actually put a video in my channel. It got like a few hundred thousand views. It was very okay. popular, actually. Yeah. Very very cool. I mean, yeah, I, I'll send it to you later. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I love loof lighters. I think they're awesome. I think what they did is they made it they made it simple, right? Um. It wasn't. It wasn't insane. It's not like it's a, a tool that um. It, it it's user or it's not like it's a tool that takes a lot of explanation. It's user friendly. It looks cool. It has a bottle opener on it, and it lights fires. <laughs> no, first of all, it's everything has a bottle opener on it today. <laughs> That's true. So, so it's it's not a bad thing, but everything else. But uh, it, functionality wise, it's perfect, and and that's what I was looking for. Um, and and it actually, it's I think it's one one of the best brands for for lighting. Uh, it, there's another one or something, but it's it's pretty good. Uh, I mean, there's there's been a couple people that have stolen it or or have have mimicked it in a sense. Um, 
I've used mine for years. Uh, I'm on my second one now, uh, just because after a couple years, they do start to get a little bit beat up. And I was unfortunately unlucky where uh, mine did get, uh, the wire got a little caught and I ripped the wire out on accident. Um, <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't like a loop lighter thing. It was like uh, I was stuck. I got uh, it, it was you know it was a user error. <laughs> but um, it happens. I, it happens. You know you know what I mean. Like it kind of got it got stuck. I pulled a little bit, and I was like, oh, you know, I didn't think it was actually stuck. I just thought it was maybe like just a little like caught. And it would just pull itself free, and I pulled it, and it was it was more stuck than I thought it was. So, uh, <laughs> it went. But, I mean, they're fantastic. They really are. Um, we've done some, uh, uh, like I said, I'm on my second one, but I love it. Um, it works. It Every single time you plug the damn thing in, it it ignites. It ignites my fire, and it keeps it moving, and it gives that airflow. That I think that's that's one of the nicest things about it is it continues exactly. to to blow that airflow and it helps spread that fire really, really quickly. Yes. Now, are you cooking on any, any Kamado style cookers now? I know I'm, I'm yes. seeing one on your yes. page that that might be something new. Cause I don't yes. believe so you I, had one. I last have, time we chatted. Uh, I have a Brawl King keg Kamado, okay. which is actually my, probably my favorite go-to grill. Um, it's it's actually it's made from steel. It's not ceramic, and Correct, that's yeah. the beauty about it. Um, it's a it's a big changer because it's more durable and it's more lightweight. So I was very happy. I had other other things from ceramic that cracked, and to have something like this that's durable is very decent because I cook almost every day on the grill, so it's pretty good for me. Um, I've would, seen a lot of them crack. Oh, absolutely. Um, what was kind of your like when you first got it and you started playing around with that Kamado? What were the big changes that you noticed to make it? Because you're saying it's one of your favorite grills almost now. So kind of like what what made it? At what point were you like, you know what? Yeah, that's it's it's becoming my favorite cooker. So before I had like uh, a very nasty smoker, um, a drum smoker, but um, but not not one that was airtight and i could control everything and moving from this kind of smoker to to a high-tech i call it high-tech because uh, it's like uh, a more advanced version of the kamado um it was a game changer for me i was able to control everything and have the proper airflow and most of all it was very economical on fuel i could i could use um a little little charcoal and it would last like a whole night of yeah. cooking. Um, I I was able to connect to it uh, a, um, uh, a controller like uh, um, the CyberQ yeah. or, or or the uh, Flame Boss. Yes, and they both they both were able to control it very well and and last for twenty hours of cooking easily with with one one load of charcoal. And yep. Only thing was, it, you needed to come and, and like flip in every now and then and add a little bit of water and whatever. But uh, it, it it turned out to be like a regular oven. You would set the, the temperature and, and walk away. So that was pretty cool. Uh, it was a big change for me. Um, and it became, because of that, one of my favorite grills uh, to use. Now... Obviously, you got you got a ton of different cookers, um, so you're enjoying the Kamado or the Kamado style of cooking. Uh, would you say that it it made cooking? I don't want to say it made cooking easier because that's not the word I'm looking for. Um, it's just I, I feel like a lot of people start with Kamados because they it is a little bit easier in a sense. Right to control that temperature, especially if you add a, a temperature controller on it. But yet you're still getting that real wood flavor that you you can't really replace. You know what I mean? You can't really mimic real wood. No, I absolutely agree. 
So, I mean, that's kind of, I think that, I think that's why so many people do love those Kamados just because you can do so much. And I mean, you got, you got some beautiful cookers. Like you do have your, um, your, your huge wood, wood burning oven, which is like a pizza oven. Now you do more than just, just wood in that oven. You do a bunch of other stuff. You roast stuff. Um, you do a lot of cool stuff in it. Have have you found yourself kind of using the Kamado a little bit more because it's more fuel efficient, or do you kind of still bounce between both? No, I, I I use the Kamado more because it's more convenient. If I use the brick oven, it's like would take me three hours to to heat it up to the right temperature. Yeah, and half and half an hour to light it up. Uh, uh, Fifteen minutes, uh, if uh, if I'm lucky. Because it, it takes a while to light it up properly, and for it to to heat up, it takes a long time. Uh, the Kamado is just easier to to light up and control for everyday cooking. Uh, and I I try to actually use ev- almost every single grill and and oven that I have, uh, and I try to rotate them a bit. Uh, but uh, when I do like 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 I said, long cooks like a brisket. Uh, you know, you're waiting 20 hours for something to come out perfect. You don't want to eat rubber. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so I, 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 and it's a process. You know, it's you have to do things exactly at, at, at the right times and temperatures with the right ingredients. So I don't don't want to mess that up too much. But uh, I do experiment all the time, and I cook uh, in the brick oven. Uh, when I have a lot of people, I, I, I cook in the brick oven, pizza parties, uh, um, uh, legs of lamb. Um, yeah, we we do these kind of things, but uh, you need a lot of people and to plan ahead for this yeah. uh, sort of thing. I mean, and for for anyone that doesn't understand uh, what we're talking about with the pizza oven, um, they're gigantic brick oven pizzas. Now that obviously you may have gone to a pizza place, you've seen them. And you're like, okay, cool, you know, whatever. Um, the reason the reason we're talking about it being such a little bit more of a intense situation is it takes a really, like you said, it takes three hours for that damn thing to 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 heat up. And I know people that will, if they have it, if they're doing like a class on it or if they're doing something, um, they'll light it the day before and heat it up. And then kind of close the because they have door. Like, my buddy Leo's got a door for it, and he'll close it off, and he'll let that sit overnight, and it'll hold its temp all night long. And like he'll get there in the morning, and it'll still be four hundred degrees. You know what I mean? And it's insane. Um, I have a buddy, another buddy of mine that owns a a pizza restaurant. It's like you gotta. He has to clean his chimney every i don't know i don't remember exactly what it was how often they have to clean the chimney but basically what they do is they have to they shut down for like three days to clean the chimney because he can't have the oven lit for three days because it holds that long it's it's insane how how well some of those pizza you know how well some of those pizza ovens hold um especially the the larger ones you know what i mean the ones where there's way more mass um, no, no, I know, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. I, I built my own oven. Yeah, yeah, exactly. My bricks, I built it. If and it's, the, it's all in the in the floor of the uh, pizza oven. Yeah. And a lot of ba- bakeries and pizzerias, uh, they have like double layers of of, of the floor, like two uh, two bricks on top of each other because yep. it's like a battery. It holds up heat and then it lets it out uh, little by little. This is a very dense uh, brick. Yep. It's like uh, three and a half kilograms per brick, which is a huge mass for such a small uh, amount of uh, stone. Yep. So, so it's, it's able to absorb a lot of energy uh, over a long period of time and let it go over a long period of time. Uh, so these places, basically, they never shut off the oven, probably. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it basically isn't shut off ever, right? Because, yeah. yeah. I mean... What 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 else can you do? It's not like you turn off the oven and it goes. You know, it's not like an at-home oven where you turn the oven off and in thirty-five minutes it's it's cold to the touch. You know what I mean? Like no, these things are yeah. gonna hold. Yeah, they're built to last and and to be energy efficient and to 
to make amazing pizzas. <laughs> exactly. Now, First have, of all, pizza. Have you tried doing pizzas on the uh, on the Kamado? So on the Kamado, I don't think I did on the Kamado, but I no I. I did reach like 400 Celsius because I was searing like something really mean. I wanted to get a mean sear, so I, I got like to 400 Celsius on it. Um, Which 400 Celsius for all our American listeners that cannot do math backwards. Uh, <laughs> uh, 400 Celsius is going to run you somewhere around 700 degrees. Am I right? 750? Yeah. Yeah. So, so it can really crank up and, and give you high heat. Um, it's not aluminum, so it's it's pretty safe. It's pretty good, uh, and it makes amazing pizzas. I did, and I, I did make on the gas grill. I did put the pizza stone, and I did heat that one up also to around that uh, temperature. So I did bake pizzas on on grill, but not on the Kamado specifically. That's awesome. I mean, I any I'm a I'm a big pizza stone fan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, pizza, pizza is foundation of life yeah i mean it's fantastic <laughs> now last time we did did chat we were talking about you getting different cuts of meat and an area and you know kind of sometimes not on not necessarily struggling to get them but sometimes like you know having to go to the butcher shop and, and explain to them have have you guys has has more meat become more accessible to you in the in the past year or so where it's just like you know the internet is becoming more prevalent more people are probably cooking barbecue more people are looking for these cuts of meat uh would you say it, it it's kind of becoming more prevalent in your in your area so what i've seen in the last uh, year or so is actually a lot of the butchers started to um to market the cuts in forms that people uh, follow on social so if I go and tell uh, someone I want to cut in, in an American style, a T-bone, uh, uh, a skirt, or, or, or a tomahawk, they would know what I want, and they would get it for me now. Uh, actually, uh, a lot of, uh, not a lot, but a few good butcher uh, shops online started. Um, and me personally, I actually started uh, to get uh, quarter cows. And butcher them myself. So that's a change I did in the past year. I got a dry aging fridge uh, from the dry ager, if you know these guys. Yep. And I and I, and I just stick there a quarter of a cow and uh, uh, in pieces, and I, I let them one one piece for two weeks, another for three, another for four, and that's that's how I work my way through it. And some of the parts I grind, and and uh, I, I I got experienced a lot more in butchery. Uh, and dry aging, and and of course, I made some mistakes, like ruining like a, a whole a whole piece of the cow that I put inside. But uh, this stuff happens, you know. You learn from mistakes. You know, you gotta learn. I I said this to somebody the other day. Uh, they were they were cooking barbecue, and he's like, "Man, I've never really cooked cooked at this level before. I've never." Um, he kind of got thrown not under the bus, but. Uh, kind of been like hey you're in charge here we go you're helping out so make sure nothing you know messes up and he was like super nervous about it and you know i said to him i go you know you know what the truth is right and he goes what i go you can't make really good barbecue if you don't make really bad barbecue <laughs> and he's like That's what true. do you mean and i go you can't make really good barbecue unless you've made really really bad barbecue and He's like, I don't, he's like, he's like, I guess that's true. I go, you got to know when you messed up and then you learn from it. You learn, you go, okay, cool. I messed up doing this and now I know next time it's not going to be that way. I'm going to, I'm going to either pull it, you know, whatever, 10 minutes earlier or five minutes earlier. And I know that my sausage or my whatever, it's not going to be overcooked. And it, it's just kind of the way you, you got to learn, right? Something, if you didn't, if you didn't know how to try, I mean, you wouldn't, right? You wouldn't try, you, you wouldn't try and you're not going to make it perfect every single time, especially not your first few times. Oh, exactly. So, 
You can't make good barbecue if you can't make really bad barbecue. And if you don't make mistakes, you don't learn. And if you're not cooking, you can't make these mistakes and learn from them. So, exactly, right? It's, it's a vicious circle. So, I mean, with your with you learning butchery, I mean, that's one of those things where it. it I mean, that takes time. I've 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 cut a you know I've 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 had my fair share of getting to do some butchery and getting to play around with that. But man, it, it is hard. Uh, don't let that's anyone right. fool you. It it is definitely hard. And you getting a quarter cow, it sounds like, oh, it's just a quarter cow. That's still a lot of meat. And that is... No, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> it's a I, lot of I, meat. I, it, it's like I got, I got, I, getting this from into my house. It's, it's like a whole project because it weighs like 40, 45 kilos or something like that. Yeah. Um, and and uh, I, I had to go and get it and then bring it into my house and... I put the the AC at the minimum, like uh, 16 Celsius. How much is that in Fahrenheit? I'm not sure, but it's pretty cold. It's the lowest on the AC. Uh, it's and, probably and like 16. Would probably be somewhere around probably like four, 50, 55, 50 to 55 degrees. Okay. And, and so it was like cold. the house really cold, really cold because I wanted to keep the meat cold and not let it heat up. And you like, I put like 45 minutes at least to an hour of butchery work on it. Um, ridiculous. Yeah. I, uh, I, I made a video out of it. It's pretty cool, actually. You compress an hour into like, or 45 minutes into one or two minutes. So, it's, it's pretty, <laughs> <laughs> so you're moving real fast. It's pretty cool. It's, it, it makes it look easy. I still look bad. I don't look like a professional. Don't, don't, don't mistake this. I'm still learning. It's like my second quarter or third quarter cow that I'm ripping apart myself. But uh, and I'm sure you're not using a bandsaw. I'm sure you're you're not using any kind of electronical saws. So you're doing it all by hand, which makes it even harder. Yes. And it's just oh, it it it's it's it it. Those bones are thick, guys. Don't don't let them fool you. <laughs> bones are real thick. They're hard to get through. They really are. And, um, it's just, it's a cow, man. It, it's fantastic though. When, when, when you do, you know, finish it, that, that sense of accomplishment is awesome. Oh, and there's no leftovers. You grind up everything, you make burgers, you save the fat for other stuff. It, it's interesting. You learn every time uh, you learn something new, uh, you try to make the cuts look better, trim them better, um, Try to improve every time. Now, what would you say is the hardest part? Like, what would you say is the hardest part of tr uh, of butchering yourself? Besides getting it into the house. I think <laughs> um, because you have to carve up a lot with the knife and look for all these uh, uh, membranes to separate yep. the cuts. Uh, so it's a lot of uh, motion with your hand. It's very tiring. Um, and holding up uh, like a 40, uh, it, it's not just getting the cut onto the table. It, it's also holding it. In, I, I don't like, I don't have hooks that hold up the meat in my house. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so a lot of the times I need to hold it with one hand and, and like, Use the knife with the other, or, or something of this sort. So it's it, it's not easy work, but it's very satisfying. It's it's extremely satisfying to carve up your own uh, monster tomahawks. Uh, you can see them uh, on my page if you go there. Um, a monster tomahawk crown rack that you do yourself. It's like it's ridiculous. It's like a tennis racket when you cut it out and you put it on the grill uh, and. It, 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 it tastes great. It looks great, and uh, people people always like the wow factor. Uh, but course. it's not something that you do every time, because uh, I, I would rather also do ribs or sometimes. But from from when I do this, I take the cuts and I invent different recipes. Like I would use the um, the rib uh, uh, the rib meat uh, to roll it up into uh, different types of uh, roulade steaks or. Or something of this sort, and then you you get creative and, and you learn. Now, what 
I guess what grade of meat are you getting? Are you able because obviously it's not graded because you're not paying a grader to grade it. Um, but what when you go when you go out to get to get your cow, um, are they, are they kind of selling you like a wagyu? Or are they selling you a prime? What what would you say the grade of meat it, it that you're getting is? So in Israel, there's no grading system yet. Okay. Uh, you have you have to have good connections with your butcher, so so you make sure that he keeps you the good cuts, because he would get the cows, and and some would have very uh, uh, marbled meat, and some would have very lean meat, or the the marbling would yeah. be concentrated in one area and not spread throughout uh, the meat. Uh, so so if if you have a butcher that uh, that loves you, uh, love him back. <laughs> it's it's a good relationship to keep, um, but uh, because there's no grading, it's very easy to, um, to get confused. Yeah. Uh, specifically, if you go to a restaurant and you get the finished product and you don't know uh, what it looked like before it was cooked, um, so so that it's a lot of times it's a lottery, but. Um, there's also import of uh, Wagyu meat, I, I know, and also some Wagyu farms that started here uh, from uh, uh, insemination, or uh, I, I think they also brought uh, embryos, uh, or I, I'm not sure. Okay. But uh, I know I know there's a few Wagyu farms. Um, th- there's not a lot of heads of cattle yet, but uh, they're still growing. And you can get Australian Wagyu here. Um, I'm not sure of the grading, though. I'm not even sure if those are graded when they get here. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the hard things about United States grading currently is they don't um, they don't grade Wagyu, right? So we, we actually don't grade Wagyu in the States. And the term Wagyu is getting thrown around very, very loosely currently. People will be like, oh, yeah, it's a Wagyu. It's Wagyu. Don't worry about it. It's Wagyu. And it's like, well, technically there's no grading. There's no standard for it in the States currently. So it makes people very confused and they they tend to want to pay a higher dollar amount for that Wagyu without really knowing whether or not they're getting, you know, what they're getting. You know what I mean? Like, um, there's a lot of not not shops, but there's a lot of people that are just being like, here, it's it's the you know the highest quality Australian wagyu, or it's it's American wagyu, it's this, and I, I think a lot of people in the last last year or so really kind of got their kind of got their marketing dollars all tied into it, and then people started realizing, well, it's like, well, is this really wagyu or is it not? Like, what am I actually purchasing? And it, it was still it's still very confusing to a lot of people on what they're actually getting. Again, I, I believe also with Wagyu, uh, because of the confusement uh, that's going on, it's, there's a lot of branding and marketing about Wagyu as a brand. But you yep. have to work with honest butchers that have certificates uh, and they, they do have grading. I know that they import from Japan and from Australia. And there's grading and there, absolutely, gra- yes. Yes, yes, I know that. I don't know about American Wagyu because I don't see it that uh, abundant. Uh, I know a few places, a few farms of Wagyu. Um, but at the end of the day, it's trust trust uh, a good butcher because this is a very expensive product. You're not going to see me like uh, saying uh, it's a must-have. I'm actually more of an advocate of the leaner cuts and the longer cooking process and taking like a brisket. And making it the best the best meal you ever had. Um, all the rich cuts are very easy uh, to cook. They're very forgiving when you cook them. Uh, there's less of a challenge uh, working them. They're very tasty. Uh, but wagyu is also for me very fatty, so I couldn't eat uh, a ribeye wagyu every day or or, or something of this sort. It's, oh, absolutely not. Yeah. Although the marbling looks beautiful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to argue about that. It, it definitely, it definitely is. 
but I, I get what you're saying. Uh, and that's uh, that's another thing that most people don't understand is if you are eating true true Wagyu, um, you can't eat a lot of it. It's not something that you're going to be like, oh, I'm going to take down, you know, a huge ribeye. You're not going to, you're not going to be able to, um, the fat content is just way too high. It's way too rich. Um, you're going to get, you're going to get full pretty fast. Yeah. So what are some, so my next question is what are, what are some, some of the, uh, things we can look forward to? What, what are some things that you're looking ahead to that you're going to, uh, you're going to be doing it in the, in the future. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm just trying to, to improve my cooking all the time. Yep. I'm hoping to, to travel more. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to travel more, meet more people, uh, cook, cook more with, uh, uh, crazy menu recipes, big, Big, and I have a dream like to cook uh, a whole cow or something of this sort. Uh, okay. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's going to happen this year, but uh, I know try. I know one day. One, yeah, one day I it's on my bucket list. There you um, go. Yeah, it's it's there. It's right there. Um, what else can I can can I say? Um, How do you see? Let, let me ask you this: Considering you're you're outside the states. Um, how do you see American barbecue influencing other countries? First of all, other countries are, are barbecuing and turning it into a way of life. And, and this is something that originated in America. So it's, it's a big influence. Um, I, see, I see people starting to uh, appreciate uh, a lot more the taste of uh, uh, of cooked uh, barbecue, uh, and compared to grilled uh, food, um, I see the influence of all the American cuts on the butcheries here, like I mentioned uh, in the beginning. A lot of the um, of the pellet smokers uh, yep. found their way to Israel. A lot of them, a lot of companies, uh, they're letting people. Who have no idea how to cook to be able to cook because temperature control uh, can be very tricky for a lot of people. Absolutely. And if you, and if you take that away and you even give them a thermometer to plug inside the food and press uh, the the recipe uh, on the app, then you you got you got some new some new users and uh, now everybody can 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 grill. And I'm actually. I'm hoping to get a pellet grill soon so I can get my wife to to, to barbecue. So that <laughs> that will be a big change. Yeah. For yeah. for her lighting lighting a kamado for her or a brick oven, forget it. But turning a knob uh, on a pellet smoker is something that uh, that she could more relate to, and she could bake maybe uh, some pies or different things that we normally would not do in on the grill. Uh, and would do it on a normal oven. So it, it could be also a, a changer. For, for a way of life. And, and I know a lot of people here, um, I've started using them. I, I've seen there's also like little ones that people take on camping trips. Uh, yep. So, so that's, that's another influence. Um, what else? I mean, obviously, obviously barbecue is becoming much, much larger around you from, from the time that we talked last there, there's more people that are starting to cook. There's more people that are starting to experiment, right? There's more people that are, um, enjoying the craft, which is amazing. So I I think that's great. And I'm sure you are, you are helping, (laughs) you know what I mean? With, with all your followers and all your, uh, your influencing is you're, you're helping get people that knowledge and, and showing people that, okay, cool, I can do this too. Or, uh, that looks like a lot of fun and I would like to experiment with that. Obviously it's good to have someone with the knowledge that uh, people can turn to and, uh, uh, that they can see whatever local products that you're using in your recipes yeah. so they can also, uh, later replicate them 
and try to uh, upgrade their own style in cooking. Um, but there's there's like a lot of different styles. So I I, I just bring my own, but uh, there's That's also great, a lot though. of uh, a lot of um, um, people who started to use the stick smoker. How do you call them? Stick smokers. Uh, stick burner. Stick burners. Um, a lot of the cabinet smokers. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people uh, still, still. I think last time we talked about it, there were a lot of people who were building their own uh, yeah. smokers out of um, out of uh, um, water heaters. Mm-hmm. Um, so this people still doing this. Uh, a lot of do-it-yourself people like to to be handy a lot. To try, uh, yeah. It, yeah, in Israel, they, they first they they try to be handy. And then they go and get a real smoker. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> they try to be, they try to be handy, and then they realize they're like, "Oh, this was a pain in the ass, and it's leaking, that, and oxygen's no, getting everywhere." No, it's okay because I, I bet it still tastes amazing. But yeah, uh, it's the gateway, right? It's that. It's that yeah, it's exactly. The, it's the start. Exactly. Exactly. If they start, they get hooked, and then they move, and they try to improve, and they understand the mistakes, etc. And, and it's a community. It's it's a fun community. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's just kind of, and then and they grow, you know, and the things that they probably learn on their, I mean, homemade smoker are things that they may not have learned on a maybe a commercial smoker that they wouldn't have, maybe they didn't struggle with certain things, you know what I mean? Or they learned more about airflow in a commercial smoke or uh, you know. Um, their their homemade smoker than they did on on a commercial smoker because they had to realize where the airflow is going to go through right yeah and that that that's stuff that they had to start start with it, it, you have grills obviously you probably made modifications on your own on some of them yeah yeah I mean that's uh we all do right yeah no one's ever happy exactly we all have our little changes that we make to everything to make it a little better because yeah that's uh that's just the name of the game right (laughs) i don't think i've ever i i think we're just all like tinkering humans you know what i mean yeah you know what i mean like i think i think we all have to i i think uh I think that's just one of those things where it's like, how do we, how do we put our own flavor, our own spin, and our own branding on this, and then not even branding, but our like just part of ourselves into it. Like you making your own uh, pizza oven, I think that was one of the coolest things that you did. Um, and I and I reason being is like a you live uh, you live on the nine hundredth floor of of a building, so. <laughs> So bringing all that stuff up, I can, it's just, it's so much work. So there had to have been, like, there, there was like this want, this need, and then you created something out of nothing. You know what I mean? Like you looked at parts and you were like, I'm going to create this. And I've seen videos of you using it. I've seen videos of it. It looks phenomenal. Um, it looks Thank you. super well put together. It, it looks like a commercial unit. It really does. It doesn't look like, it doesn't look like, I, I've seen some of them that people have put together that I'm like, oh yeah, you put that together, huh? <laughs> First time? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like where you're like, oh yeah, that one's homemade. <laughs> Super well. <laughs> and you like I don't like want to be creative, yeah. <laughs> but you don't want to be mean to them because you don't want to be like, that looks horrible. But <laughs> at the same time, that looks horrible. You know what I mean? And it, it it's just, it, it's what we do. And I, I think there's some people that have that gift, some people that don't. And I think you are one of those humans that has that gift that uh, you, you put a badass cooker together. Thank you. No, I, I like to be creative. Uh, I'm, I'm, my background, actually, in engineering, I did a lot of research, watched a lot of videos, bugged a lot of people. And only then I went to to build my oven, and, and of course I made 
some mistakes and had to fix them and a lot of modifications after the oven was built because I had to get it to work better. Um, but I welded, I, I, I sawed some, uh, some of these stones, I put them together. It, it was a whole project, but it was a lot of fun. Um, and, and you learn a lot from it. And it's the, you have a whole story behind it when, when you cook, because when you tell people, like you said, this one, I made it, and you're like, no, no, I did, I really, I, I built this, and and you show them some, some of the results, and they taste, and they see, it's it, it, it's something that makes you feel very proud. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's just, it's the, you know, it, it's the most, the, the best feeling in the world, you know what I mean? Being like, hey, I... I put this together. I'm able to create, create amazing, um, amazing product out of it. And here we go. Now, the thing I kind of want to end the show with, with what I want to chat about is, uh, seasonings, seasonings that are becoming available over there, you know, that, that weren't available maybe in the last couple, couple years or so. How, how has that been kind of changing since more people are looking for it? How, how have you seen seasonings changing? So I don't see a lot of seasonings in Israel. Okay. Uh, yet. Um, because primarily um, there's some issues importing non-kosher items, I think. Uh, okay. So it, uh, and placing them in, in the stores. So, so I think most of the seasonings are, are non-kosher. So they would probably be found in specialty stores. Okay. I, I, I just buy my seasonings online uh, from the States or, or people uh, send me sometimes or when I travel, I buy them uh, in different, like everywhere uh, available in the States. You can get them almost everywhere. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I have like a lot of them. Um, but I, I, I tend to also make my own seasonings, and I know a lot of people make their own seasonings, and they give each other seasoning recipes. Um, one of my seasoning favorites uh, lately is using coffee in my seasoning. Ground a coffee. lot of people are doing it. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it's pretty fun to make your own seasonings, because later people can also make them in their own house if they know the recipe. Um in the post. Yeah. I, I just figured I'd ask like how seasonings, uh, if, if any, any, you know, kind of big commercial seasonings are starting to get over there. Anything from the States is starting to get, kind of get over there. If you know, cause the internet is, there's no borders on the internet. So people pay attention to all that stuff. You know what I mean? And I'm just wondering if I, I always wonder, are people asking for those things? I know people are, are, are all the time bringing with them. Uh, when I see all the posts on the Facebook in the groups, people people bring all the time like bags full from from traveling. Um, okay, so they can bring them back, and that's not that's not a big deal. It's just no. trying to get them to actually carry them in the stores no, is a little bit more difficult. There's not many of them here. I, I didn't see many of them um, barbecue type of mixes. Okay. No, you, you you do have like spice mixes, etc., but they're more Middle Eastern style yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, mixes and not uh, the barbecue type. Not not your traditional barbecue mixes that you that you that you would see here in America. Exactly. Awesome, dude. That that is. I mean, hopefully one day we can get some over there. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure there. Uh, I'm sure there's a market for it, right? I mean, I'm sure people are are looking for it. I I I know people are are asking about these, but I, I don't know if there's like a huge market like in the states because it's not like a house tradition yet, like for everybody to barbecue. But uh, okay, yeah, that's interesting. You know, I'm always learning. <laughs> we all have to. Man, I want to say thank you so much for coming back on the show, hanging out with us, chatting barbecue, uh, getting giving us some time because I know you're a busy guy and you do thank some you. amazing, amazing work. Um, guys, if you want to go check him out, uh, it is 
Meat Curator on Instagram, meatcurator.com. He does some cool, very cool stuff. Um, he, I mean, from whole butchery to all this other stuff that he is, that he is crazily doing. Um, it is very, very cool. And you should all go check him out. Now, I like to end my podcast a little differently than we used to. So I'm going to ask you this question. This is a very, very serious, very important question. If you could go back into your barbecue career, knowing what you know now, what are three tips that you would give yourself to help shorten your learning curve? One, get the thermometer from day one and not wait so long. Um, and, and start to cook from the beginning by uh, temperature and not time. And that's how I ruined a lot of good uh, quality meat in the beginning. Yep. Uh, number two, um, get yourself a good smoker uh, that you can control the temperature, airflow, uh, the airflow and the temperature uh, because it's, it's a lot of time. Uh, to do barbecue and you want to uh, get the best results available and if you're not able to set the right temperature and you get a lot of fluctuations um, you're going to be either by the smoker all the time fixing it or you're going to ruin your 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 cooks Um, so that's tip number two Um, Tip number three, let me see what else I can say. Get a loof lighter. <laughs> and get a loof lighter earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we talked enough about the loof lighter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I would say that uh, um, it's a general tip. It's not something that uh, I, 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 I would change from day one. It's just have a versatility of, uh, of different uh, cooking devices if you can afford it and if you have the space um, so you can test out a few different cooking techniques and never uh, never quit uh, uh, using also live fire to cook because I still go to that sometimes and do that uh, you, you need to connect back to the wood and to the fire and cook uh, cook cook like they used to yeah, absolutely, dude. That is some great tips. Man, once again, thank you so much for coming on the show, hanging out with us and chatting barbecue. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. Thank you for having me back. You're amazing, Mikey. Love thank, the show. Thank you, dude. If there's any other uh, any other uh, links that you would like to post or any other links or, or anything else that you'd like people to go check out or follow you on the on the internet for, please let us know. I'd, lo- I'd love to hear them right now uh, just so you know anyone can come come follow your barbecue journey. Oh sure, I'd come check check it out. I'm probably going to be traveling in the summer uh, through New England, so I'd love to meet whoever whoever has time and and see interesting stuff. Um, DM me, uh, ask me questions. Anybody, I'm always open to learning new stuff, improving my techniques, uh, sharing my techniques. So I'm I'm very open uh, to all of this on Instagram. Sweet. Sounds good, dude. Thank you so much, and we will chat with you soon. Thank you, Mikey.